and welcome to the One Heart Podcast. My name is Matt Allred, and in this episode, the first episode, I want to give some of the, the reasons for the podcast. Why does it exist? Why would I care? What are we even talking about? And I've tried several times to write out my thoughts, and the problem is it kind of sucked because it was, I was reading it. There just wasn't, it just didn't, it didn't work. So this is an unscripted monologue, and I just want to explain why we're doing this, why it matters, what we're going to talk about, and try to make a little bit of sense of some of the things that I've learned over the last few years, um, specifically the last three or four years. Um, I was, I've always been involved in the church. I was born in the church. I was I mean, raised in it. Parents were always active. I served a mission. I've, I've, you know, uh, married in the temple. I've always been, I say always, but that's not 100% accurate. Um, I, I would say since I was a teenager, though, I've been pretty good at, at praying daily and reading my scriptures and felt like I was doing everything right and that everything should work out the way I understood. And obviously, I have a lot to learn, but um, some of the things that I've learned over the last few years have been life-changing and eye-opening. And I realized a few years ago that I was depressed. I was disconnected. I was anxious. I was lonely. I felt like I was kind of friendless. And yet I have a beautiful wife, wonderful children. I didn't really have any, any connections with people that I could, that I felt like I could be real with or open with. I was too anxious to be very real with my wife. And so I wasn't. And not blaming anybody but, but me. That was, that was my issue. But as I, started this healing journey as I started attending a men's group and met with, with men who were open, who were vulnerable, who were willing to accept me without any judgment. That to me was, was really eye-opening. I feel like I had kind of walked away from friends years ago and just hadn't really come back. But I realized I, I needed people in my life. Um, there's a scripture that, that says it's not good for man to be alone. And although we always in the church seem to interpret that, that, oh, you need to get married, I believe it's, it's much broader than that. It's not good for man to be alone, meaning he also needs brothers. He also needs men. There's a proverb, and I don't remember the exact reference, but you can look it up. It just says that as steel sharpens steel, so one man, sorry, it's iron. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens his brother. That's a paraphrase. And I believe that's true. I've also heard people say uh, that isolation is the enemy of excellence, meaning that I need other people to challenge me. I need other people to help me become who God made me to be. And that for me was always hard. I've always been a little bit of a loner. I've always been 
uh, kind of soft-hearted. And if, if someone challenges me to be better, well, then I assume that they're, they're judging that I'm not good and, and I want to run away, hide, cry, whatever. And um, that's, that's not the path I want to be on anymore. And so meeting these men, having a, a support group, being challenged has helped me in numerous ways. And that was just the beginning. I also started attending some men's retreats where I was really challenged. And at the same time, I had some of the biggest breakthroughs of my life. One of the ones that I had never even expected was around the relationship with my mom. And I have a wonderful mom. She's alive today. But when I was nine years old, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And in my nine-year-old brain, when I heard that this is an incurable disease, something broke. Something about my relationship with mom broke. Prior to that, we'd been really close. We were kind of best buddies. I was a mama's boy. And there was, there was something in me that, that lost mom. And I didn't realize just how deeply that impacted me until 30 years later at a men's retreat. I realized that I was still just deeply wounded around what some people call a mother's wound. And I had an opportunity to just grieve the loss of that relationship. I cried like I've never cried in my life. And it was so healing. It was so helpful. It was so amazing that it, it changed me. And not only did it change the way I, I looked at that relationship, what I didn't realize is that just how much that that mother wound had affected my own maturity, my growing up uh, around self-confidence, my ability to just go out and, and take on the world seemed to be impacted by what I believed or took on about that relationship with my mom. And that was amazingly healing. One of the other things that that kind of rocked my world was an opportunity to kind of envision myself as a kind of like a newborn babe. They come into the world, everybody loves them. And yet I was constantly, constantly beating myself up and was horribly brutal to myself because I didn't feel like I was measuring up to my own expectations. And the contrast with the baby is simply that the baby hasn't accomplished anything. The baby hasn't done anything, but there's love and abundance for that baby. And what I realized is that I need to love myself. I need to stop beating up myself. I need to stop saying and thinking horrible things about myself. And I don't have to prove myself to anybody to be loved. It's just there. God loves me whether I do anything or not. God loves me. Even if I choose to break all of his commandments, he's still going to love me. That was eye-opening and so healing to start to love myself because for the longest time, I just didn't. I didn't feel like I was worthy. Somehow I had equated worth and worthy and perfectionism into one a big ugly ball. And I I felt like I needed to be perfect or I couldn't be blessed. I couldn't know God. I couldn't love myself. And it was just an ugly lie. 
And that has been so blessing or so much of a blessing to, to realize that I don't have to believe that. I, don't, I can choose to, to not believe that. And so can you. So can everyone else. And so this podcast is really aimed to be, I'm calling it the One Heart Podcast after One Heart, One Light, which is the organization that I'm part of and, and help to start. Because our goal is to help everyone, man, woman, whoever wants to get involved, to become who God created them to be. And what I've found to be so true in my own life is that the biggest thing stopping me from being who God created me to be is, is myself, but it's really the often subconscious beliefs that I believe about myself, that I'm not good at this, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not, not worthy. Those are the things that get in the way. And those are the things that I realized I can choose to change. I can surrender them to Christ and he will give me a new belief and it will change my life because it has. And so as we talk about wholeness and wellness and I'll borrow Brene Brown's word, wholeheartedness. My invitation is that whoever's listening will begin to own that, will begin to believe it, will begin to realize that it is possible to be joyful. It is possible to love your life. It is possible to have your wounds healed. And I realize that all of us have wounds. That's part of being mortal. It's part of coming to earth. It's part of God's plan of salvation so that we can taste the bitter and learn to prize the sweet. We all have to fall. We all have to take on some of these horrible beliefs and experience horrible things and experience things that none of us want. But as we apply the atoning blood of Christ, as we learn to allow him to take us by the hand, those things can be healed. And I guess what I've realized about the atonement is that it is very simple. It is very actionable, um, but I didn't know how to act upon it. I did not know, even 45 years into my life, uh, always being active, serving in the temple, reading my scriptures, saying my prayers, I didn't know how to take some of the most painful experiences and painful beliefs, give them to Christ in a matter of minutes or seconds, and have him take them away and have my, my emotions change, my beliefs about the situation change, that to me was indescribable. And those are, those are the skills, some of the skills that we teach at One Heart, One Light in our retreats, in our men's and women's groups. I'm always impressed by Jesus's words in the New Testament, I believe it's Matthew 7, where he says, why beholdest thou the moat that is in thy brother's eye, and considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say, let me pull the moat out of thine eye, and behold, thou hast a beam in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly to cast the moat out of thy brother's eye. 
that impresses me because for the first time in my life, I know how to chip away at the beam. I know how to recognize my beam. It doesn't mean it's always easy or fun, quite the contrary. Um, because when my beam is acting up, it's usually when I'm, I'm blaming somebody else or I'm triggered by somebody else, or I'm, I'm thinking unkind things about someone. I've come to see that that's really me, that I need to go inside, that I need to see what it is that I'm reacting to. And that's what I surrender to Christ. And he'll take it every single time. Doesn't mean there's not more layers of that. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm done forever and right off into the sunset. It just means that I have some hope that as I keep doing it, my life changes. And it does. Another scripture that impresses me is in Ether 12, 27, where the Lord says that we're all giving, given weakness and he gives us our weakness so we can be humble. And if we're willing to be humble and exercise, exercise faith, he will make those weak things strong unto us. And I realized that in most of my reading of that over, over my lifetime, I wanted to just kind of skip the first part and say, okay, Lord, just make my weakness strong. What he's shown me, however, is that when he says, I will show you your weakness, if you want to come unto me, I'm going to show you your weakness. And by the way, it's going to suck and you're going to hate it. You're going to want to run away from it. You're going to want to deny it. But if you want to come unto me, you're going to have to see it. And there have been times when I would say, Lord, stop showing me my weakness. I'm, I'm kind of tired of this. I just want you to fix it. And it's felt at times like he was rubbing my face in it, saying, no, you need to be really good and acquainted with this weakness. Um, and it, that may not have been the case. That was just the way I perceived it. But what I have found for myself is that when I'm willing to really see my weakness and really feel it and even cry about it because I don't like it, because it, it's not who my ego wants me to be. It's not who I want to identify with. But when I really feel it and then can surrender it, or, or, or even if I haven't yet surrendered it, it opens my heart to others who struggle, because we all struggle. And that was one of the a big insight that I learned from some of our men's retreats is that my temptation may not be the same as yours. Yours may not be the same as mine. Mine may look like peanuts to you, but it's still real and it's still mine. It's my thorn in the flesh, as Paul would say. And that doesn't mean it's any that it's that it's bigger or worse or or less than anyone else's. It just means that we all have our own stuff to deal with. And it opened my eyes and my heart a bit to where I could see someone, you know, maybe it's a druggie on the street and think, wow, that's tough. If I lived the same life, if I was born into that family, I'd probably be doing the same thing. I can't really judge him or her. I can just have some compassion and think, wow, that's hard. So long story short. This podcast is about being one. We read in the scriptures that God called his people Zion because they were of one heart and one mind. And 
you know, our prophet tells us that we need to prepare for the second coming. But I believe we cannot build Zion until we learn some of these principles, like dealing with our beam and our moat. Um, I currently serve as a bishop, and I even told my ward council, I said, if we, if we were to call to go to Missouri right now, I fear that we would kill each other because we don't yet know how to, to deal with some of these things. And so my hope, my prayer is that by talking about wholeness and one-heartedness, we can be willing to see our individual weakness, be willing to be compassion, compassionate rather, to those who, who may have different weaknesses or, or temptations and truly start to be of one heart and one mind. In other words, building Zion in our own heart and then in our own family and then in our own community and our church and wards and quorums, whatever that may look like. I don't know all the answers, but I think that there's enough out there if we just listen to each other, learn from each other. And sometimes we'll hear some painful things. Sometimes we'll hear from some painful memories or, or things that aren't all that fun. Maybe they're even vulnerable. And that's my hope, is that by opening our hearts, exposing our vulnerability, seeing our weakness, and turning to Christ, we will truly become of one heart. Feel free to join us if you have any interest. Look forward to sharing more with you as we take this journey together.